Welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive in those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we, our guests, love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. Today, we're gonna cook up some brown rice and vegetables and dance like no one's watching because we're watching Showgirls today. I'm James Fight. Next to me, to my left is our chief archivist kenny madison chief archivist of flatfilms.com uh we're still putting we're still shut up we're still putting out an episode a week of this podcast olivia you might be asking yourself and we'll introduce you in a minute have we missed a single week of our podcast to which i say no not only that but we're still putting out stuff on our patreon including shame watch tv which is hosted by our lovely Olivia Slap and Swatis, also known as the Lioness of Shame Watch Pod. And as Kenny mentioned, I am the host of Shame Watch TV. And right now we are in the middle of doing recaps of The Bachelorette. Y'all, it's only two weeks in. It's been only two weeks and it's a hot mess and it's everything we could have asked for. So yeah, check it out for as low as $2 a month. And our special guest, our first guest during quarantine is... Hello, everyone. I am Lacey Madison, and I am located in Nashville, Tennessee, and very excited to be on your guys' show. Yay! Thank Woo! you so much for coming on, Lacey. Uh, Just su- super glad that I could actually finally have my sister on the podcast. Like, it's great. Well, we like, I haven't seen you in person. Time. For so long, uh, we have we're just such uh, we're just such a close relationship. It's nice yep. to finally have a family member that understands my type of films as much Very as Kenny much. does. It's refreshing. Yeah. yeah. As as brother and sister too, which is us. <laughs> yes. That's definitely who we are. For sure. This definitely. is not a bit. This is uh, the truth. We yeah. Yeah. Probably but most likely, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Most because definitely. if people share the same names, they are definitely related. That's how most it definitely. works. That's how it and works. If it doesn't, the world will break. Uh, Lacey, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what do I do? Um, I, uh, I, well, before COVID, I uh, yes. ran a Nashville improv, which is a fantastic improv theater, and I have an amazing cast. Um, that's on hiatus right now. Sure, yes, <laughs> so, like most theaters. Uh, because, I, in you this know, crazy year. Human safety is more important than cramming a bunch of people in a room to make them laugh. We can yes. make them laugh over podcasts like this. Yes. Thanks to the magic of technology. We're just going back to our roots of radio. Um, I also do voiceover <laughs> stuff. I foster kittens. Um, I'm trying, I'm, I'm learning to become an ultra marathon runner, uh, which if oh anybody had for met ultra me, marathon? I, I'm going for ultra. Oh my what's, God. what's the difference okay. between like marathon and ultra marathon? <laughs> okay. As the real runner, I can already see that James is like, no, this is bad. Um, oh, so God. an ultra marathon is like, like in a normal marathon is what is it? 26. 26.2. Um, An ultra marathon has to be longer than that. And usually they tend to be longer by like, it's a 75 mile marathon through the forest uh-huh. and you have to run overnight. And like, so I'm, I'm, I'm short. I'm very short. Hey, petite powerhouses. Yes. You know? And uh, I never thought that I could be fast, but I do know that I can, outrun anyone by sheer stubbornness so put me on an angle of like if you give me 20 hours i think i can outrun oh. you <laughs> oh please so okay. that's ultra marathon i, I don't want to i i'm also a massage i was a massage therapist still oh am gosh. kind of 
uh but the, i've uh it hurts mm. your body so much but it does. <laughs> you do you? I, you know, I, I'm just training. I'm, I'm training to run one, one ultra marathon, and uh, and Ever. then and then I'll probably I'll, I'll be like okay. retire. Well, retire like no. I, okay, well I have to run some ultra marathons to qualify for the ultra that I want to do, but it's uh, not going to be like too many. <laughs> no, I listen. I knew a guy who trained for a hundred mile marathon, ultra marathon. Mm-hmm. What? And his shins. Got yeah, they got stress fractured because he trained. He would run twenty miles every day. So well, that's right that's not here. good. Kenny, yeah. I know I broke HIPAA, but I was trying to keep it vague. <laughs> but okay, uh, Kenny, we really cared about your shins, though. Like yeah. running running twenty miles a day is bad. Shin splints are bad. I want to get that's shredded also though. On the merch line. You will get ripped and shredded <laughs> though. Sure. Yeah. It, that's just truth. Uh, Lacey, what else do you do? You <laughs> run, you foster kids, you have an kittens, improv theater. not children. Yeah, I have an improv What did I say? Kittens. Did I say kids? <laughs> yeah. Children. I can be like Miss oh. Hannigan from oh, Annie. <laughs> James is not with it today, let me tell you. Lacey fosters kids and also watches showgirls regularly, <laughs> just at the same time. With the kids. Yeah, they, they should. Yeah. There's probably a reason why I don't foster children. All right, kids, <laughs> come on, gather around. It's time for our weekly viewing of showgirls. <laughs> we just set this as the default screensaver on your Apple TV. Just showgirls just yeah. pops up. Today we're going to learn about so, human anatomy. And what better? <laughs> than showgirls. What better than the swimming pool sex scene between Elizabeth Berkeley and Kyle MacLachlan? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, wow. So show- wow, yeah. wow. We've talked around it a lot and mentioned it. Lisa, you brought showgirls to us. Can you uh just tell us why you kinda A feel shame for this and why you brought it onto this pod? I feel no shame for this film because Perfect. it is a fantastic early 90s film that captures the insanity, the glitz, the glamour of Las Vegas. It's also a female-led film. Yes. All the yep. leads are women. Yes. How cool is that? Yes. And, yes. and it shows it shows healthy relationships. It shows unhealthy relationships. Oh, yeah. It shows how to not have sex in a pool. Uh, but, you know, if you didn't know what sex was like, it looks... It, like they're it having fun, fun doing something. It looks great. So whatever they're doing. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I've always had such a warm spot for this movie because I saw it at far too young. Sure. I caught it on like Cinemax. It was, I shouldn't have been watching it. And Was it late at night while your parents were asleep? Yeah, we were actually Classic. on vacation. So that's oh. why, yeah, we had the good cable. Oh, right? I think what's and, nice. when... a little bit of critical context is is how old were you whenever you watched this? Because this is, uh, look, let's face it. I'm, I'm a movie guy. I don't know if regular listeners to the podcast know this, but I like movies. Hot mm-hmm. take? I like movies. And this is the first NC-17 film that I have ever seen. Same. Saying, yeah, this is the first NC-17 I've seen. I've heard, uh, like, myths of NC-17 movies before, but I've never actually seen one. Now yes. I understand. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, Olivia, I agree. I understand. <laughs> like, I get it now. Why that rating exists. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I need to go to confessional now after having watched it. <laughs> sure. So, so I had the gift of seeing it at, I bet, 11 or 12. Whoa. Whoa. And I didn't know because <laughs> uh-huh. I was a homeschooler. Oh. How... <laughs> okay, go on. I did not know how very 
inappropriate this movie is. Yeah. Until years later, oh. I made, I bought tickets to see this in the theater with a boyfriend at the time. Because I was like, oh, no, 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 I've seen this movie. God. I've seen it, so I've seen it a bunch of times and I had, but I hadn't seen it like with another person. And so then all the moments started happening and I was like, oh, oh, well, I guess this is bad. I don't remember this being this bad. I can I can just see like the scene play out where it's like, oh, no, it's really chill. It's like really cool and women empowered yeah. and female led. It's really great. And then smash cut to this guy just like, oh, what? And then like, oh, no, I. Uh, I've done something I'm going to grab my jacket yeah. and my keys I'm, and I'm my wallet well, and just fine. go to the car real quick. <laughs> I mean, it also, it teaches you so many things that you too can hitchhike as long as you have a switchblade at the ready. Oh, you know? right. And you're just ready to hate someone. Like, like she's yep. so angry. Like, rarely do you see female actresses just her lead emotion is anger. And that yeah. to me seems so fascinating to yeah. watch. And it's so inspiring because you too can be very <laughs> angry and get what you want and still have friends at the end. It Well, it's so explosive anger too. It's not like the <laughs> calm, collected anger yeah. that uh, I think most movies would have women have. It's just like this explosive, mm -hmm. like fiery, like fuck you kind mm -hmm. of anger. Yeah. So yeah, that's my saying on that movie. Uh, good episode, y'all. Uh, so that's been yeah, our episode of Shame Watch. Feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Kenny, uh, I'm sorry, Lucy. Uh, do you have any other stories and why feelings? Why you brought this on? Any juicy Don't. nuggets? I mean, I mean, it, it just it. There's there's so much. Like, yeah. Oh, we'll get we'll, 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 great. We'll, okay, we'll, then we'll I'll follow you we'll guys. Tease you okay. you tease it out, yeah. and I will footnote and side story as much as you guys need. That's what we're looking for. What, I just uh, yeah. make sure that you got that good opening statement as we transition over to Kenny, the context Madison, giving us that sweet sweet context. So for why why might someone feel shame for this NC-17 film. Why would Lacey's boyfriend at that time feel maybe a little appalled or shocked or whatever feelings he was feeling? Certainly. Uh, three points. Point number one, Olivia, what are you eating? Oh, yeah, sorry. Because um, I needed to eat before this pod. So I'm having salmon that I made a few days ago with um, rice. Okay. Yes. Brown I, rice? I, uh, white rice. Okay. Well. Sure. I I needed to get that uh, on the record because I've been wondering what you've been eating because I've just been seeing seeing tiny you. Tiny forks. It's like the tiniest fork. Tiny it just floats up and goes down with my tiny yeah. little hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that we haven't stated on the podcast. You have the smallest hands that I've ever seen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I, I, doll I use, hands. But I I mean they shred. They shred on the guitar. That's true. They do. I sure. yeah. yeah. Everyone go check uh, out Olivia's music. She's very talented. Thanks. Certainly. She's a professional. Thanks. You're a professional. Speaking of you music, a... this is part of the Rocktober series. It is. We have going it... on. Indeed. Uh, this is episode five of five for the month, uh, a month in which we've been covering movies that, uh, well, so far have been musicals. And I guess this movie has a musical in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's musical elements. I'm, and that's I'm not... why this yeah. counts. That's why Showgirls is the perfect move. If you, if anyone asks you, "Hey, I don't like musicals. What's a good place to start?" You immediately Showgirls. say Showgirls. Showgirls. 
Because you're going to get those big MGM musical numbers. It is an MGM musical, isn't it? And one one girl knew how to spell MGM. Yeah, spell it backwards. (laughs) MGM. And she was so proud. uh, That's my point number two. Olivia, thank you so much. Uh, Play the Rocktober Stinger right here, Aaron. And if you don't, so help me, we will find a new editor. I swear to God. All right. The thing I love about that singer is that's so interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. And rule number three, well, not rule number three, point number three. Uh, one of the things that we like to do, Lacey, is add a little bit of context as to why someone might feel a little bit of shame regarding the movies that they talk about on this podcast, which is known as The Shame Watch. Uh, Aaron, roll that beautiful stinger. Context. Wow. That was a context stinger. Wow, beautiful, outstanding. In a review from Janet Maslin of the New York Times, published September 22nd, 1995, in a review titled $40 million worth of voyeurism. The strain of trying to make America's dirtiest big studio movie has led Paul Verhoeven and Joe Esterhaus to create an instant camp classic. And the surprise is that, despite the intense steaminess of basic instinct, Showgirls is, in every sense, not so hot. The filmmakers had declared they were bravely exploring new levels of licentiousness, but the biggest risk they've taken here is in making a nearly $40 million movie without anyone who can act. The absence of both drama and eroticism turns Showgirls into a bare-butted bore. Elizabeth Berkley, who stars in this film as a highly principled lap dancer named Nomi, will not be the next Sharon Stone. Despite the filmmakers' claims that this story sends Nomi on a journey of ethical self-discovery, Showgirls is too dopey to play like anything but a live-action cartoon. Nomi catches the eye of Vegas star Crystal, Gina Gershon. Nomi would like to be Crystal since that would allow her to dance before the stardust smoldering fake volcano while dressed, barely, in gold... LeMay? Lame? LeMay. I'm going to say gold lame. Instead, (laughs) Nomi is forced to take a sleazier job at a joint called The Cheetah, where Crystal shows up and pays her $500 to dance naked on the lap of Crystal's boyfriend, Zach, Kyle MacLachlan. From there, it's an NC-17 version of A Star is Born. (laughs) Mr. Verhoeven trying to fuse the rawness of his early Dutch films with the slick proficiency of his American hits, Robocop, Total Recall, becomes a man without a country this time. He never gets past the vantage point of an outsider looking in. Showgirls aspires to the sleek seductiveness of basic instinct, the kind that lures the viewer into a world of exoticism and danger. But the enticement is ruined by voyeurism too bare and flagrant to be anything but embarrassing and by the soul-numbing stupidity that plagues Mr. Esterhaz's dialogue. Showgirls is rated NC-17. No one under 17 admitted. It includes wall-to-wall, witlessly obscene language, and just enough frontal nudity to justify its strip club setting. It also includes brief sexual situations, some highly suggested dancing, and much more dancing that awkwardly filters sexual suggestedness through the prism of modern dance. Costumes are topless. Costumes are topless and minuscule in many scenes. Probably the extras caught cold. Here's my biggest issue. Here's my biggest issue. Olivia, mark this down. Okay. Here's my biggest issue. Wait, is this still part of the review? This is not part of the review. Oh, this, this is Kenny. Okay, the context is over now. Yeah, this is Kenny's discussion corner. Okay. Uh, uh, go and play that stinger. Sure. <laughs> 
Welcome to the table, Kenny's discussion table. Wow, so unique. So interesting. Outstanding. Love it. Where are the cocks? Yeah, where are the cocks? It's just like the Dornan dick. It it is like the Dornan dick, you're right. It is exactly like Jamie Dornan's dick in Fifty Shades of Grey, which we did not see. We see so much. We see so much women in here. Hmm? And yet Kyle McLaughlin has the nerve, the gall, to not only show his butt, but it's not even his. It's a body double's butt. Really? It's not even even his own keister. Elizabeth Berkley is naked about 95% of this movie. Mm -hmm. And yet there's not one penis, hard or flaccid otherwise. Not one. Not one in this movie. Double standard. Lizzie, you nod like you, you knew a lot of these facts. Did you know that that was a butt double? (laughs) <laughs> I have, yes i did know uh it was a butt double and i i am boo on kyle mclaughlin for not actually committing all the way like elizabeth berkeley she her costume is her nails mm. yeah and <laughs> yes yes are a character in the film yes <laughs> like, yes so, yeah but but for all the nc-17 there's 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 no actual penis there's yeah. no actual like sexy sex there's just confusing sex and that's amazing because it's not real life <laughs> sex confusing yeah yeah it's Wait. just random and weird sometimes uh sex is random and weird sometimes sometimes okay James, not everyone's a lothario like you buddy <laughs> i don't know I what know, that means we all know that you <laughs> we all know that you nail sex every single time every, every single, single time, time. You gotta save i'm some gonna of that run with this Baywatch. bit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watch out, ladies. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, uh, that pool scene. That was interesting. That oh pool God. scene. I. What I love about the pool scene is that she is finally coming into her own and yeah. she's deciding nice. that she is a character has grown and she's going to instead of being the victim, she's going to get what she wants. Yeah. And. I don't know where his penis is in relation to the rest of her body. And that's part of the fun though. Like yeah. she's and- having her best moment and he's holding on. <laughs> yeah. You wanna know what he's I He's just there for the ride. You, yes. you wanna know what I wrote? So I wrote notes about this movie. And so on this <laughs> one, I, I go first as like that waterfall kiss in the pool is hot. Um yes. second. I go, yeah, that's, it's building. I was like, that's one way to orgasm. They need to go to confessional after seeing that. <laughs> so, um, because my Bible study friends just started listening to this pod. So, <laughs> yeah, just please skip this episode, guys. I'll see y'all on yeah, Tuesday. All, all, all Bible study friends, just watch like an edited version of this film to get an idea or just look at some stills. You don't actually have to watch the movie unless would, you are prepared. How would we make this a PG film? If, what? if we edited down everything to make it PG, oh. it would be about five minutes long. Yeah, you get so, to see the you get to see the dance that you get to see the the, the goddess the dance. dance number some from behind. I, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, got yeah. I got it. So you get to see <laughs> um, on the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. Uh, actually, I just talked about this in one of our recent episodes. So when like a person is either naked or they're wearing like a really thin jog strap or speedo or even their swimsuit they cover it with a black box so just cover all of the dancers in black floating boxes 
Yes, well, okay. Or like, yeah, run like the Sims filter over the whole thing yeah. and oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah. pixelate the naked bits. And then if you, again, watch it through the eyes of a child and you don't think of this as actual human interaction, it's a big, giant Hallmark film of Las Vegas. It's uh, dirty. So edgy. Lacey, because you are, you are the showgirls expert, I believe you have your doctorate in this film. Is that is that correct? I have, I have again, I, I paid to see it in the movie theater as an sure. adult sure. past the time that it was released. Like, I found a screening and drove to it. Yeah, like, this is how much. I have it on DVD. I have made friends watch this movie. Yeah. You didn't go buy a ticket for Captain Marvel and then accidentally walk into Showgirls and you're just like, I didn't expect Brie Larson to look like this. I'm going to give it 10 more minutes. <laughs> uh, you purposely did this. Are you, are you familiar with the TV version of Showgirls? No. Wait, there's a TV version? There TV is version? a television version of Showgirls um, where, most infamously, they paint bras onto the characters. Um, if if the court will permit me, I'd like to show... Uh, James, could I get some screen sharing abilities? Sure. Where I will just once. show you a little bit. Okay, you should of, now. Yeah, Excellent. Yes, this is aired on television. Uh, will this work over an audio format? No, but I'm, I I don't care about the listeners. I only care about just creating memories with my friends. That's why. Okay, so I, I I can be their eyes. What you're currently seeing is a uh, motorcycle on stage. It's, this ready. is a great, great resolution, but it'll ready. give you an idea. Okay, so yeah, we have the 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 dancers. They're running in. They're getting ready for their oh, yeah. big oh, wow. moment. Oh wow! Oh. Okay, yeah. so that's impressive. It's so it it's like literally. A, it looks like a real bra. Like a yeah, bra. yeah. It's literally just painted on. Well, which is, the, it goes by so fast. Yeah, you, you don't see the boobs are gratuitous. See, so they don't get in the way of the studio of the story. Once you cover them up, you're paying attention to the story. Look at true. Naomi. She is in stress right now. She could be yeah. caught for almost murdering another of uh, the lead. Right. But she didn't do it. Absolutely. Stone cold face. Oh, and Let's then look. they have the the nude ones too. Okay. That, <laughs> was, that was a little more obvious. <laughs> oh, that one black. was like floating. Yeah. yeah. Five oh, feet wait, away never mind. I, I yeah, that, that, that... Yeah, no, it's not good. This okay, yeah, that, that was like um, when you're working on something with Microsoft Paint. I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, so to answer your question about how you would make a G-rated version of this movie, uh, that's, that's the out, answer. Yeah. You paint you bras receive. on. Uh, uh, we'll have to remember to uh, send that in the social media, okay. so people, our viewers, can see that wonderful, wonderful uh, Microsoft Paint action. I want to know oh. the visual effects artist who is tasked with working on that, and they're like, Paul. You got the assignment of a lifetime. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. What is it, Mr. Big Time Producer? You're going to paint over all these fat titties. What? Excuse me? All of these luscious fat titties. It's um, a boob bonanza. Uh, okay. It is. It's <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> Celebration of the human farm. <laughs> um, that actually reminded me of his time. There was this guy that he got that job. Um, Steven Spielberg. Was really is really good friends. This all makes sense. I promise it comes around. <laughs> you know that Drew, Steven Spielberg guy. You might not We're know. We're doing him. a podcast. Yeah, I know. So this guy is named Steven Spielberg. He's done some films. Uh, he's friends with this actress. You might have heard of her. Her name is Drew Barrymore. Um, she posed nude, and uh, Steven Spielberg 
hired one of his effects guys to cover her in all of the photos and he sent a copy of the magazine to her and said you don't have to do this unless you want to wait what how do i he was like he was, he was like that. he was like yeah he's i know so he was, she was like it was nice i felt like he was caring about me but also that does take some effort to be like wow here's my friend she's naked and now i'm gonna hire someone to put clothes on her because that that could be well because i know that drew barrymore went through a very dark time Mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s so that could definitely be spielberg being like hey i, I got your back yeah. and also okay. uh if she made the cognizant cogent choice to to do that celebrate your body right yeah. yeah we come in we come in two styles pretty much with different attachments it's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes like boobs like sometimes they could be like really great assets especially when you're trying to you know, put on different outfits for thirst traps, but also they can be annoying bags of fat. So like Lacey, you're a runner. So I'm sure like when you're trying to like prep your outfit and everything, you know, support, you know, the it's like strapped down. It takes yeah. me like 10 minutes. Like I'm what, whatever I'm in, everything is just held down. And so, yeah, like when you see in Showgirls yet another example of impressive athleticism, mm -hmm. they are doing splits and backflips with no support. No support. And none of them seem to be going like, oh, this hurts. Oh, oh, this hurts. Because it's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but the show, that. but the show the is show what matters. Must go on. The goddess. We need to celebrate the human form in Las Vegas. Yeah. This is a, this is a super athletic movie, which uh, for really listeners is. to the podcast, you all know that I'm a big fan of uh, stripping athleticism. Go, go listen to the Magic Mike XXL episode. It's true. Uh, and this there there is a remarkable amount of athleticism that is on play here. Uh, I'm not sure if it's good. I was watching this with my roommate Heidi, and she was like, "The dancing in this movie, not good." Uh, I couldn't Elizabeth tell. I was well, that's, distracted. Sure, that's the thing. And I'm not entirely sure if this we, movie is going for good or for emotional truth, but we'll get into that later. Uh, Lacey, you're the doctor. Is the dancing good? The dancing is... Tell me how to feel. The dancing is an aggressive translation of the way Naomi is feeling inside. Oh, oh. that makes sense. Yeah, it's a reflection so on her internal struggle as a character. Exactly. So what you're saying in so many words is no, the, the dancing is not good. It is making an intentional choice that no other movie has ever made. <laughs> because, it's because it's unique. Because it's unique. And they were trying to capture like the anger of the strippers, right? Because I, I it's, yeah. it's it's a cautionary morality tale also. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, yet there's really no one who's actually that moral. No. Oh, yeah. I hate everyone in this film. I guess except for Molly. Molly's fantastic. Oh, Molly, she's, yeah. she's, Molly. The, she's the she's the actual like hero of the movie and gets like the worst yeah, but ringer the, as a character has ever had to go through in a film. But that I, I think to your point, like that is why it's a cautionary tale, because like the one voice of reason gets right. assaulted and put in the hospital. Well, but, but before we go too much into the uh, decompressing and, and the meanings of this movie, even though I guess we already have, uh, what I want to know, because three of the four of us have never seen this movie before, mm -hmm. and I want to see how we all felt on a visceral level, just without having to apply our film scholar brains sure. to it. 
what do we think of this movie just on this watch? Mixed feelings, hate, and horniness. <laughs> That's the next episode now. I was going to name it Boob Bonanza, but it might have to be Hate and Horniness. I think Hate and Horniness might be the pinnacle review I've ever heard of this movie. (laughs) I'm going to check that off in Asana right now. Thanks, Nick. No problem. Um, You're back. Yeah, I'm trying to think. This movie was, it was definitely like tense. I felt a lot of tension, especially just because I wanted to know Nomi struggles and and then you could kind of tell like it, it, the film alluded to her just having a dark difficult past and so in the end when it all comes together you're like oh my gosh and then yeah Molly uh, got she got the worst treatment of all and I was just like and she was the nicest one I yeah. know and I'm like that fucking sucks from Andrew Carver of all people like we all know Andrew Carver and we're just shocked that Andrew Carver would be that just appalling and it honestly it comes out of nowhere oh yeah it's not at all it's it is zero to 200 so fast <laughs> yeah so that's a warning like if you have any kind yes. of um that's a trigger warning like if you have any kind of history with um sexual assault if you've been a victim um yeah toward the end there's a really graphic scene so just click skip mm-hmm. or yes. if you are not at all sure what sexual assault looks like you got it in a big Hollywood blockbuster film, and it is not great no. or pretty or fun. In fact, it's terrible. Yeah. It's, really gross. it's really it's gross. It's really gross. It's really gross. And even yeah. when I saw it in this theater mm-hmm. um, that I drove to see it in as an adult, they actually How far did you drive? An hour. Wow! <laughs> I knew it was far. I knew it, it was far. You like- kept <laughs> emphasizing that you drove there. It's like I drove. But they had the expert there, and he literally he they had a they had a guy who was talking about it because like you know the ten other a, people, and yeah. I was like, "Am I popcorn living for this movie?" <laughs> he paused the whole thing. We're in the movie theater, and he goes, "Okay." What is about to happen is something that I wish was not in the film. If it uh, was, I would skip it. If you want to step outside, that's totally fine. We're going to go through it. We're just going to go through it. And then we're going to continue. Like, and I was like, okay, major props. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's, major that's, props. That's really that. respectful. I like that. Yeah. Joe Esterhaus uh, said that he regrets putting that scene, writing that scene in the movie too. And he's the writer of the movie. Like he, he specifically said that rape scene was a God awful mistake in retrospect, a terrible mistake, uh, which is so weird. Uh, but also Joe Esther Haas and Paul Verhoeven were kind of at the height of their power whenever they made this movie because Basic Instinct was so well-received. That was the last movie they had made. It was such a cultural phenomenon, and so they were just... They gave them carte blanche to do whatever they want. And then Paul Verhoeven was going to make a movie about the Crusades with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That fell through. Uh, He kind of felt like he owed the studio some movie, Uh, and this was the movie that he kind of felt owed to make for them. And this mm-hmm. was it. This is the result. So this is them kind of flexing their post-basic instinct muscle going, here's here's how to do the best version of this movie. And it turned into Showgirls, which is so interesting. Kenny, what was your thoughts on it? I, I, I like this. I genuinely yes! like this. It's, it's a non-ironic like as well. I, I think you could very much, not, uh, ironically, like this movie, I think that's that's very much a, a, a valid reading because everything is so dialed up. And also, whenever you look at Paul Verhoeven's career, which is Robo, the the ones that stand out in popular culture are RoboCop, 
Total Recall, Starship Troopers, all three over-the-top satires. Mm-hmm. I have yet to see Basic Instinct. Uh, but just with those three movies, and then you watch this movie, and you go, oh, yeah, this is very much of a piece. And not only that, but compared to those other three movies, this feels like the most grounded one of them all, and the most emotionally real. Because, And I, I just think this is because of all of the horrendous stories that I've heard just post uh because of the me too movement like in in the mid 90s you'd be like this is abhorrent watching showgirls and then you just kind of hear these stories and you're like and watching this movie i'm like this might be the most truthful depiction of what it's like to work in entertainment yeah right you figured out that like there's some real weird truth in this that Mm -hmm. it does take the uh, veneer of show business off and it really does show what it's like as a working person and how little control you actually have over what you want to do and do you make those hard choices to sacrifice your morals to be able to get a better job to be able to do what you actually want to do yeah. Oh, like yeah. yeah and 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 also the rape culture of yeah guys can get away with it if nobody says anything yeah because yeah. all the style- <laughs> patriarchy Fuck the patriarchy! One of the things that was... The, the thing was made fun of whenever this movie was released was just how misogynist all the dialogue is. And then you hear all the stories from Me Too and you just look at... Mm-hmm. I Just for me, you just hear any story from a woman that has worked in the arts. And you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, the dialogue in Showgirls sounds one-to-one yeah. with the experiences in real life. And you couple that with, you know, I, I don't know Joe Esterhaus and I don't know Paul Verhoeven in real life. So uh, per, perhaps there is a degree of exploitation involved. I mean, because they're men and they're in charge of the camera. There's certainly a lot of exploitation. There's a lot of male gaze that goes on in this movie. And at the same time, whenever you look at some interviews from them, they were interested in tapping into a vein of showing what this world is like and it's it's unpleasant and it's visceral and to me just in this lens what 24 25 years removed from the release of this movie oh my god this feels like honestly Mm -hmm. uh perhaps this is me just trying to feel just trying to be contrarian because i want to feel like the cool film person but this feels like probably one of the most honest depictions of working in entertainment because anyone that works in entertainment they're just like this is awful don't don't do it this is bad you're going to be sad all the time yeah well and i think it's uh you kind of touched on it but like since me too has been like shed to light i think this casts such a different view on this because we know this shit happened and before that in 95 when this came out no one really knew that's what was going on so it probably seemed i mean i'm sure people knew but the public right uh so it probably seemed like way out of left field or seemed ridiculous and that's why they're like oh it's massage it's too massage misogynistic dialogue but no it's just real real life bullshit but that's the thing is like what what happens they made a movie that they decided they didn't want it to be a happy film they just wanted it to be like an insight overblown expose into what it's actually like in las vegas and we have these women saying lines 
that we actually do or have said, but we don't say it just so bluntly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it seems like, oh, how terrible that they made these women say these lines. But like you can see Gina Gershon, like she is living her truth. And I've I've wanted to memorize her speech that she gives Naomi in the uh, when they're like drinking champagne in the restaurant because she's because she's so empowerful and so real. And she's like, here's how you can take your body and take your life and take your skill and get men to pay you money. And if that's what you want to fucking do, here's how you do it. Mm -hmm. And it's just matter of fact and that's yeah. kind of empowering in in the midst of all of this crazy insanity overblown and like i i, I feel like if if elizabeth had learned tone in her character but she just comes out like gotcha and she's just well, mad the whole time because uh, i'm making <laughs> this argument i'm making this argument because that's not that's not her fault she was directed to do that. There right. is no way right. that you give a performance like that that is that dialed up. But and the I, I disagree because she came into this film saying I wanted to do something that's not Saved by the Bell. She wanted mm. to do something edgy. So she was ready to shed the nice girl persona. And, and so I think a lot of that choice was hers. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, the directors, the directors, you could tell that they wanted to try and show women cat fighting and how yeah. terrible it is. Because but- this movie is is so heightened. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see the perspective of someone coming into this and this is and you're going, people don't talk like this because it's so blunt. And at the same to me, to me trying to meet the movie on its own terms and its weird internal logic, because this movie very much has its own internal logic. It does. It's it's consistent. It never breaks its own rules. Nomi is just this character that moves from one relationship to the next. Yes. Uh, not just sexually, but just friendship-wise. And there's just some X factor about her where that everyone gravitates to. And it's reflected everywhere. Is it odd? Most definitely. But you just kind of go to the movie by its own rules. Go with that conceit. That's that's no more absurd than any Marvel movie. It's just harder to swallow because of the emotional buy-in that you have to make. But once you've done it, you can, you at least for me, you could just go, this is a movie that is talking about entertainment in a very raw, visceral, uncomfortable way. Showgirls, best picture ever. Yes! And this is why I have made friends come over when I'm running movie night. I'm like, we're gonna watch Showgirls <laughs> unironically, and I'm gonna make you care. We're gonna it's gonna make you care about how hard strippers and Vegas dancers actually have to work. Also, this um, is a good looking movie. Oh yeah. Like I was watching yeah. this on HBO Max and I was shocked at how pretty this movie is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's that one shot where um after well, I can't think of her name. Uh, the main lead in the, uh, in Naomi? the sh- Nomi? Uh, no, or, in, uh, in the actual. Yes, Chris. Chris. Uh, after she gets away in the ambulance, and Naomi is just standing there after what she's did, and that like purplish light is on her. I love that lighting. It's so cool, it's cool just to light. have that moral ambiguity on her and reflect that as light. Oh, I love dynamic lighting like that. So that, that's that was one of my favorite frames. It's pretty, film. and this movie is filled with so much intention, which is mm-hmm. like people like it's it 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 works on its own, which is so. <laughs> I it's so that's 
I've talked about this so many times. It's one of the exciting things about this podcast, trying to just meet the movie on its own freaking terms. And you have to understand that they all put time and effort and love and intention behind it. Mm -hmm. And you just have to try and figure out what it is. And since I personally love any movie that is made about the entertainment business, even Glitter, I think is fantastic. Oh my God, Glitter! It's great. I well, mean that unironically. I didn't we'll need get to, to have see you it. back whenever we talk about it. We'll oh, okay. do Mariah oh, Carey. And then, I would oh, love we that. need to also do, can we do from Justin to Kelly? <laughs> <gasps> oh, okay, but I don't love that one. I would have to try real hard. <laughs> no, we, do. we do that one on the Patreon. <laughs> I like how I'm like requesting all the ones that I actually like, but I want to make no effort to grow as a person. Well, that's oh, what from Justin to Kelly? Yeah. Ugh, no. Gross. What about what? Crossroads no. with Britney Spears? Sorry, I just that... started thinking about like um, I got so Crossroads. Crossroads, I do not consider it to be in a film about being in the entertainment industry. So, um, but Crossroads is its own horrible trying to make a statement. But I feel like it misses the statement that it's trying to make, where Showgirls does. Yeah. Showgirls makes the statement that showbiz is hell and that it is uh, it is shark eat shark. And only the strong probably survive. And you're probably going to have to be a bad person to do that. And do you mm -hmm. really want that career? Or do you just want to be like a backup dancer and be kind of happy? Right. right. Which is why, <laughs> I, I going back to our earlier discussion, I think this is a cautionary tale. It is. Of yeah. Exactly what you just said. I was just like, yeah, do you want to be kind of happy? Or do you want the thing that you thought you wanted? Well, speaking of, and, speaking cool. of Crossroads, well, I mean, that's the whole thing right now happening with Britney Spears in terms of like the free Britney movement. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If, and so it's just like she was like just from the very different from the get go from the beginning of her career. You know, she did Mickey Mouse Club and then they mm -hmm. then she she's been controlled ever since she was a young kid. So the free Britney movement for our, our gentlemen that are not super Britney fans, like which I know you are, but. It's just in case you aren't. Yes. Um, yeah. She has mental illness and has been known that she has mental illness and is getting that treated. And when she was at the height of like shaving her head, her dad got right of attorney essentially over her life. And so mm -hmm. she's now a 40 year old woman that still her dad is running her life. And she actually doesn't have the ability to say what shows she wants to do or what treatment she wants to get mm -hmm. or what she wants to do when she sees her kids. And so there's a lot of people online that are like, we free Brittany, give this woman the choice to actually manage her own mental and social life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it just, it, it's, it's just, it kind of like brings perspective. Cause like, she's ha like been told her whole, whole life to, you know, like, Oh, you know, I, apparently her voice, like how we know her singing voice, um, she, her voice was actually, like, I guess in real life was more, not as like super powerful as Christina Aguilera's, but it was definitely more of like a belt and they told her to kind of sing more nasal. So that was already like one thing. And then, you know, uh, when she pivots from like the baby one more time into a more like sexual, like slave for you, you know, like just going into all these different directions and stuff, like that's the typical um, entertainment uh, you know, timeline for a performer, you know, they, as they get yeah. older too, if you're trying to break out of that, like squeaky clean teenage bubble, but yeah, it just like, it made me empathize like these performers, it's kind of like, how, how bad do you want this? Because unfortunately we live in a world that glosses over the fact that there's a lot of just like ugly truths um, that go into making things look super pretty for you know, the rest of the world. The the entertainment industry at this point in time is so inherently exploitative. The fact that 
an American film shoot, the standard day is 12 hours. So a five-day work week is 60 hours minimum. Uh, and you're lucky I, uh, they were I, – I just – if, if the court will permit me to go on a sidebar, I granted. promise this will Granted. Lisa, you have to say granted. Granted. Thank you. Oh, good. I was hoping to go on this uh, sidebar. Uh, so you guys know me. I love Star Trek. Uh, <gasps> and I recently purchased a five-pack uh, Blu-ray combo of William Shatner documentaries made about Star Trek. Oh, shut up. Uh, don't shut why? up that's amazing what okay. uh, can you yeah. link that on your guys' social media and so we can all buy this because that sounds amazing uh, yeah going. please send me the yeah. link so I can add it to our link tree sure it's the Shout Factory they just put out a Blu-ray collection called the Captain's Collection Shout Factory is the bomb everything Shout Factory does is amazing I love it I love it uh, I really want to get the I, I know it's out of print but the Halloween like 15 disc box set of literally every movie except for like the newest one all in one box set. Ladies and gentlemen and Patreon, that's Kenny's Christmas wish for this year. <laughs> I would love that. I would love it. It's only $300 on eBay. Right. Uh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking Link about the Captain's too. Collection. We're talking about the Captain's Collection in uh, in one of the documentaries is called The Captains. It's very candid interviews that William Shatner has with all the people that have played captains in Star Trek. And they're like, oh yeah, my marriage just fell apart. Like people don't understand that you're on the set 16, 18 hours a day, five, six days a week if you're lucky. Um, I didn't have time to go see my kids. And you're working for like seven, eight, nine months straight. Uh, Patrick Stewart is talking about whenever I would get done filming late on a Friday. And by late, it would be like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. What he would do the next day is just wake up, do laundry have one day break and then Sunday start working again because he has to learn lines and start working. So he's got a six day work week and then you'll only have the time to just do laundry. That's what I remember in the very, 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 very brief time that I worked in the film industry. So to connect that back to showgirls, the entertainment industry is so inherently exploitative. And at the same time, we just inhale all of this media so easily we consume this so easily and there is such a oh gosh there there's there's such a disconnect between how this stuff is made and how we consume it because it's so much harder as opposed to just watching it an hour and a half movie might take two three years and then an hour and a half passes and we're just like yeah yeah and because there's so much involved, just so many egos, money, and all of these things, it becomes so toxic. And Showgirls kind of taps into all of that exploitation and all of that misogyny. There's no time to, well, at least they make it to where there is no time to address the power structures and the problems involved because everything needs to be done immediately. And if The it's show not must done, go on. The show yeah. has to happen. And that's yeah. what they've done. You know, they they convince us as entertainers that no matter what, the show is more important than you yourself, even if you are the show. Yeah. Right. This stuff takes work. Lisa, you run an improv theater in Nashville. I was actually, your your story made me think of a time I was talking to my therapist. By the way, therapists are amazing. Everyone should go to therapy if you haven't had the opportunity to do so. We'll change yes. your life. Go we ther stand therapy, go therapy. On, this, on this pod. Heavily. I was, uh, I was, I was, uh, we were talking to my therapist. I was trying to decide if I wanted to take on another job. 
And she was like, well, tell me about, about your, what you're doing right now. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm running the improv theater and I'm doing uh, voiceover work. And then I'm also doing um, full-time acting here in town. But I know that I can schedule it where I can probably fit in another 40 hour work week job if I only do it in the mornings. And she stopped me and she went, okay, but what are you doing in the evenings? And I'm like running improv and theater. And she goes, okay, what are you doing on the weekends? I said, improv and theater. And she goes, when are you taking a break for yourself? And then I started crying and was like, yeah. I, I can't, I literally can't. And she's like, well, you need to maybe make, you, you can make some choices in your life that are you just saying yes to projects because you want to say yes or like do the actual things you want to do? And also no one else in this career, no one else picks a career like as a doctor and thinks, oh, well, to support my doctor career, I should also work part time at Kroger. And I should also work as a barista because I can do that and be a quality doctor. But in the entertainment world, because there's always another show or another gig or another event you just you just do and then suddenly you notice that a whole year of your life is gone and you haven't done the laundry yeah. <laughs> and you're you're like why am i exhausted and then you don't actually have any room for that creative space and so being able to create a theater and start inner getting cast members and delegating and trying to understand that it is it's a huge project that takes a million billion different people all putting in little pieces so that we can all have time to be humans outside of creating art yeah because it's critical to make sure that you're not on right all the time yeah and, and like as a to add to that so like i i'm a musician and so um uh, if i may have an addendum <laughs> yes you're professional music she's Profession. the musician i'm the yeah. musician yeah. and so no but um like i have to <laughs> remind myself because i'm so devoted into my craft and it's the, the way that i express my feelings and 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 the things it's how i process things that are happening in my life and it brings me such joy but I know like when I start looking at it as like just work, like, and it just, I, I start viewing it that way. Then I start hating it. Like this week I had stuff for my band and I was so behind because I had other commitments. And so I started resenting the fact that I had to set time to like record and I go, okay, wait, I love doing this. And this is like something that I enjoy. So I agree with like, I think it was so great that you brought that up. Like, we are, of course, we want people to know us for like the craft uh, that we bring. It, but at the same time, like we don't want to only be identified with that. Like we have to remember that we uh, we were people before we, with like real thoughts and emotions before we like, you know, f came across the activity that does bring us that that pleasure. We have to like treat ourselves well, because if we don't, then you're not going to get a good enough, you know, creative. Well, project. or even even if you're not even worrying about like judging quality of project, just just on a cellular level, yeah. you're not going to enjoy it. And you can to bring us all back around. They showcase this in Showgirls. Mm -hmm. She's processing her feelings through dance and through mm -hmm. performance. And she's trying to decide, am I valid? Will I be validated if I if I get Crystal's spot? And then Crystal has to sit down like you're not you're not going to be validated just as the girl who did it. Heads up. But if you mm -hmm. want it, that's fine. Here's the perks. Right. Money, dudes alcohol that's why mm -hmm. i'm happy and then and and so you get to watch her with that struggle where she's just trying to show herself as an artist and then what is it i think it's james the yeah. side dance coach yeah. and he's like he can see that she's he's trying to let her know you should just dance to be a dancer's sake and not for attention and right. she's yeah. like no i'm gonna do it to get attention and then 
you see what happens and uh it's not great so yeah it's a beautiful cautionary tale for entertainers right Right. like you use your process use your art but Mm -hmm. don't get sucked into the insanity or trust your instincts like your instincts are right and if the situation seems wrong you don't have to agree with it for art's sake right yeah because you just have to oh go ahead oh you go ahead oh well thank you kenny i was just saying like remember why you love doing the thing that you do like it's my therapist has constantly told me remember your why that's so important. But the weird thing also about working just in entertainment in general um, is that we don't allow ourselves to get angry or sad or upset or frustrated with the entertainment that we do. It's still work. Even if you are eating ice cream 50 hours a week, which don't get me wrong. I've applied for that job several <laughs> times. Just you're going to get, it, you're what, gonna what get it one day, buddy. Keep, keep going. I'll help you. I'll help you redo your resume. What yeah. flavors? Yeah. Wrong question. Oh. What brands? What brands? Bluebell. Briars, Brahms, other ice cream things that start with B. Blue Klondike. Yeah. I was like, uh, Schwann's. James- no, that doesn't start with a B. Hold on. Yeah, it's got to start with a B. <laughs> but even if you were doing that 50 hours a week, you would still just be like, oh, shoot, I got to taste this fudge ripple now. Uh, and any other person on the outside, well, just in, within the, uh, American society, we're just like, you're frustrated with eating ice cream all the time. You're how, making how art. You? It's creative. That how is job? that hard? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is just like think <laughs> of something and then it's fine. Yeah. It's easy. It's like, it, yeah. They're, 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 yeah. People show up to see a, a, a 90 minute improv show with no intermission. And what they don't know is we've probably put a minimum of 10 hours of rehearsal into just that show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it oh. looks effortless it looks real easy when it happens improv and so- is the biggest one that people just don't get because they're, they're like yeah you just I, I or the one i always hear is like well i'm not quick enough to think on my feet it's like okay that's not really improv not but sure that's uh, what yeah it's a that's a skill that you can learn how to yeah. quickly access what you want to say that's right. what improv does it just yeah, exactly. eliminates the filter yeah and, and that's a process through listening to what's going on around you and more importantly to your scene partners and that's how well you also under that. and then if you want to do like a quality show you can add things of like preferably you would have an emotional connection and also right. a character choice and also a point of view and, and also yeah, and something exactly. that was inspired by the audience and also you get to do all of this in 0.2 seconds before you even say a word and the way you walk on stage will show off all of that yeah so and by so the way it's really easy anybody can do it ah. You're and making me you miss sh- improv right now. Y'all, y'all are yeah, so talented. I always I always love watching improv because, yeah, from an outside perspective, I'm like, how do they do that? Just being able to... I feel the same way when I watch the showgirls jump out of the volcano. How yeah. did they do that? Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. I want to be there. I want to see that show. Okay, you see, you see the goddess show, I think, three times at least. Yeah. Like, you hear that intro... Mm-hmm. And yet every single time I want to watch it it again. They nail it and it slaps. And the gold lame, like just, oh, oh, yes. It's so good. I I have, uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a Dragon Con's huge nerd convention. And I've always wanted to see a showgirls cosplay. (gasps) If I would see a group of people doing showgirls. Okay. Your guys' reaction makes me feel valid. Cause like, I keep thinking like, maybe no one has seen this movie, but if you guys get that excited, I want to make two other people in the world excited to just do a full showgirls group. And like, it would be great. That'd be awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm waiting for that. Hopefully they do that post vaccine. I would love to 
Uh, I would be excited to cosplay as Kyle MacLachlan from this movie, just with the Spider-Man three Peter Parker hair. But I the mean, entire movie. He's he's on drugs, like more than one. I think through the whole thing, he's just oh. radiating like, yeah, like yeah. manic manic yuppie energy, and and that character is needed. And they exist in the entertainment world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, he's he's the nicest one, and he's still a garbage. Well, he's not the nicest. Still one. trash. Molly's the nicest one. No. Molly's the oh, nicest yeah. one. Molly's I think Molly's I, really. I feel like if we're if we're ranking them from nicest, I would say like Molly's the nicest, and then Crystal is actually the second nicest. Yeah. Because she's she plays like, lots of passive aggressive games. Uh, I mean, uh, how are we just defining nice? Is it like just genuinely nice with good intentions, or is it just like seemingly nice because okay. then i think those oh. rankings changes the only about, person that actually uh, has good intentions is molly then like if yes, we're, gonna use, that, if we're gonna use that then only yeah who was the um the the uh is it mama like the one oh my gosh oh my gosh oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. henrietta yeah. henrietta i literally wrote down her name because i want okay t- give me your shout out about her yeah and no well her i was gonna say like we'd add add her to the nice list she's yes yeah she was supportive all the way through yeah although i think she might be she might also be indicative of the certain kind of uh woman that is complicit in internal misogyny uh, because she's very much on uh the strip club owner played by robert dobby's side the entire time of just going hey uh i know that he just wants blowjobs all the time but it's actually better than if you worked at the showgirls place and it's still a really bad place also, I audibly gasped whenever she was able to pop her boobs out of her top every oh, single yeah, time. Oh, yeah, that was... Uh, um, that, that was marvelous. That was quite a skill. I that was it. the coolest costume that I have seen since, I think, ever. Like, I've never <laughs> seen a reveal of a costume that is so neat and intriguing as that boob thing. And, and she uses it impeccably <laughs> like she she uses her breasts to add a period to a statement that you will never forget that's yes. a big, <laughs> that's a big yeah. lioness energy yeah, yes um and it turned out it wasn't until i was researching for the show i knew that when i was watching orange is the new black i was like i know this woman i know this woman i know this don't woman. tell me that she's the russian cook She's Anita. She plays Anita in it. Um, so she's not the Russian cook, but she's okay. she's one of the side older ladies okay. um, that was a regular in it. And so, yeah, so Still. the actress um, oh, who plays it, uh, Lynn Tucci, uh, no relation to Stanley. Um, oh, we love the Tucci <laughs> oh, on this pod. Oh. I love him so oh. much. Stanley Tucci's a godsend. My, this movie my could have of... used some Tucci. Uh, this movie could have used some 17 Tucci. version of burlesque. What? Say, say what? This we were all thinking about Stanley Tucci. Seventeen yeah. version of burlesque. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think I think burlesque had less of a storyline than this. Though. Yes. Yes. This has a full hallmark, top to bottom. You know every character and what happens, and it all resolves itself and leaves room for a sequel. Yeah. Which Ooh. I think there is. Is there? Oh I, gosh. I saw a. I didn't do much research, but I saw a Showgirls two. Penny is in heaven. So two things. And Lacey, stop me if you've seen this before, because uh, or stop me if you've heard this before. But they are, there might be a second one. And I don't sure. know if yes. I can handle that because like this just is on its own. Yes. Go ahead. Kim. Yes. Flash so Zach. Yeah, Zach. during the movie, um, Paul Verhoeven and Joan Esterhaus did want to make a sequel called Nomi Goes to Hollywood. 
and it was going to be like the title promises Nomi going to Hollywood and probably more showgirl shenanigans that didn't happen but James is correct Uh, the actress that plays Penny made a sequel called Showgirls 2 Pennies from Heaven she wrote and directed it Uh, there are several returning cast members including the person that plays James um, one of the managers I, I think someone else and unlike this movie's lush $40 million production design, the movie was made through Kickstarter and was able to be made and pushed out with $30,000. This movie also came out in 2011. Uh, oh I watched the trailer just before it, joining the Zoom, and the quality is shocking. In a good way or bad way? Shocking. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes an attempt. Is it like it's kind of like a there was an attempt? Well, one, it's the character of Penny, which I literally can't remember anything that she does aside to what goes. She's the blonde that goes to the trade show with no. No, she's the one that hooks up with James. Yeah. Yeah, and they end up marrying because she uh, gets pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's only... the, she's the one that uh, is in James's dance show. Yeah. I only remember her because I knew that Showgirls 2 existed and it was called Pennies from Heaven. So whenever I saw the character Penny, I went, oh, that's the star of the next one. You're like, oh, she, she's important enough to have her own thing. No, she, yeah, she just got married and pregnant, which is every woman's goal. Not, nope, right? Not, yeah, not. <laughs> but see, that's Wait, the thing, hold on. Like, it's not? Oh, James, pull up, buddy. Pull I'm up. I'm very James, confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you know that um, uh-huh. some women want Go to on. have a career? Um, Whoa. Some people, I know. It's just like some some people, regardless of their gender, do not wish to procreate. Hold up. And don't feel that marrying themselves to someone else is their peak goal. Yeah. So you're saying mm-hmm. women are people like me. <laughs> women are people, too. Oh, this changes a lot. Yep. And they, de- they deserve <laughs> respect. It's we deserve respect. Men, what? men, it's not hard. I've said this before on the pod. Respect women and please prioritize skincare. It means the world. Like, it's just, it, you know? And be That's vulnerable. Good. Yeah. If, I'm if just Aaron like, respect here, women, yeah. don't be a dick. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but see, like, this, this movie, I think, is interesting where you can see what happens if men are only being supportive of women for selfish reasons yeah like it's diluted it's it's like it's diluted probably what the Weinsteins have been doing i'm oh, just for saying sure. yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. we have this beautiful expose and we get to see all this awesome dancing and we get to see that auditions are hard mm-hmm. and not everyone gets mm-hmm. picked at an audition and it's the american struggle and then we find out that uh, maybe maybe success is not what we actually want right or maybe it's uh, curated sometimes. <laughs> yeah. By certain other forces. Uh, uh, James, I'm right here. Kenny, I'm just tired <laughs> of your success, okay? You got ahead of me, and I hate you for it. Sure. Um, so to kind of go off of that point, speaking of the Weinsteins, um, to talk about the male gaze of this movie, because this is made by two smutty men, uh, I, I think this movie was made with intention and yet it's still kind of skeevy. I, I'm wondering, Lacey, because I think it's safe to assume 
you might have feminist leanings. Would that be fair to say? I would I would say that that is a very safe statement. Okay, that's great. Wonderful. Just want to make sure. What I was called me- an angry, bitter woman the other day. So I mean, <gasps> take me as my level of Wait, like, I feel like I got my feminist card. I got unfriended by a friend on Facebook because I went after them for not masking. And they declared that I'm an angry, bitter woman and that I need to start being nicer to people so i feel like i've gotten my feminist card oh Oh, yay Uh, we got it we're freaking masked we're masked terrible feminists trying to control my life fuck you what (laughs) you Uh, liberal feminists are yes but speaking of feminist feminist, mm -hmm. i i would be interested to play this thought experiment of what this movie would be like if it was written and directed by a woman instead of joe esterhaus and paul Mm -hmm. verhoeven uh, which the sexual politics of their movies could be considered progressive. They could be considered super regressive. But what would happen if a movie still kind of had this visceral, I, I guess, texture, but directed with by, by a woman? I would love it. I think it'd be fantastic. Like to actually show the female form in dance on stage and also what the challenges that um, actors and actresses have with trying to get roles and parts and like how do you identify yourself of your body versus how do you identify yourself of who you are as a person Um, I think without all of the flailing and thrashing and weird weird fake sex stuff it real sex real sex yeah the pool i mean because again i think that pool could have been beautiful i there's so many i don't know i'd like to get done in a pool under yeah. a kiss under a waterfall oh, in like waterfall a private kiss in LA. So hot. Yeah. it's so hot and so if you imagine if that sort of attention and care did you guys watch emma the newest version yes. of emma i haven't did, yet did, i did okay yes. watch it from a filmmaker standpoint she it's a female director and she showcases the feminine form and the male form in some of the most beautiful and heartwarming and intentional ways that everything is fucking lovely in this movie. Mm-hmm. I would 10 of 10 support this idea of redoing showgirls with a female director. Well, I just to talk ass. about another problem, uh, not necessarily a problem scene, but just a, a scene that is it, squeaky. It, there's it, some ew. There's some scenes where you're like ew, and like I had to turn to my boyfriend and be like, no, I don't believe this. Just because yeah. I like the movie, I don't believe what they're saying. Yeah, that's this is a, this is an annoying side part that uh, you can just ignore. And it was the same boyfriend that went to the original screening, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's the scene where Nomi is grinding on Kyle McLaughlin and Gina, not Gina Carano. Are we talking the, about the awkward lap dance moment? Yes, yes. Uh, Gina Kershawn is in the room and she's yes. just watching. And I th- there it's it's shot in a in a way of uh, very much of titillation. And I would be very interested to it, it, see that film shot but with an emphasis on just the power struggle right there because it's so clear that Nomi is grinding aggressively against Kyle McLaughlin just to make uh, Gina Gershon feel uncomfortable but it's shot very much like hey boys that are watching this don't you like it when boobs shake yeah I do I do sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was watching it from like a critical perspective of I wanted to see more of of the tension between um crystal and Nomi, and you know like i wanted to see you can like you could see bits of that um but all i saw really was just like oh look she's like grinding on zach now like oh look from this angle 
from this angle. Oh, like she's, you know, now she's completely where, naked. Like um, where in reality, yeah, that whole scene is all about power and control. Mm -hmm. And they both Honestly, oh my gosh, it's like the favorite. I don't know if you guys have seen the favorite. Also, a female directed movie. I, okay. want, I want to so bad. Favorite is really oh. good. It's also one of the oh. first movies that I've ever seen where it showcases women using sex for power hmm. blatantly and unapologetically. And I freaking love that. Like I've seen Hell Henry VIII yeah. a million times. Let's try it with women. It was amazing. So yeah. if you can see that power struggle of Crystal is there to show off that I don't have to be there, but I have this guy. And then Nomi's like, yeah, but he thinks I'm hot. And then Crystal's like, well, fine. But guess what you actually are? A whore. And I'm going to pay you now. Mm -hmm. And poor Zach the whole time. He's not even a part of this. Like he could have been a chair because mm -hmm. she's just hate. She's hate grinding him to mess with Crystal. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Crystal is watching, getting off on it because she knows that she's controlling Nomi. Right. And yeah. that's right. the actual what's going on. Unfortunately, you get a really awkward uh, laugh dance out of it. Yeah. And, and and poor Kyle McLaughlin, I don't think he was having fun. His face did not look like he was having fun. It's, <laughs> like, it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Like, listen, she, she, whatever she's giving, she gives 100%. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. never actually been to a strip club, um, which I would like to change in my life, but I would nor, assume nor that they don't I. go that hard. Um, I guess that's a, yeah, everyone's like, hmm. James, I Olivia, have you been to strip clubs? I've not once and I did not go by my own choice. That's fine. We'll pretend that it was a bachelor party. Wink. It, it was it anything I, like the movie? James oh, it wasn't. Was a 7 it, it, was, it was very awkward. I didn't like it. It, it, I, cause I didn't go like, it wasn't me choosing like, Oh, I'm going to go to a strip club. It was me like, Oh, I have to like, cause my friend at the time worked there and I had to pick him up and he's like, Oh yeah, just come on in. And I'm like, okay. And then because he worked as a manager, at one of the strip clubs and it uh ooh, it was uncomfortable for ohio james fight from bowling green from bowling green ohio the two hill town known as bowling you know, you, the two hill two town was he was overwhelmed by all of the two hills but yes <laughs> i was there was many well, mountains he wasn't used to having that many rising mountains in front of him and he was like overwhelmed oh man it because it, i walked in and i was like i don't I, I was trying not to be disrespectful, so I wasn't like looking at anyone because I feel like that'd be disrespectful. Then I was like, wait, this is their job. I And then I was having that internal struggle. And then a dancer came up and she's like um, asking if I want anything. I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. And she's like, oh, are you racist? I'm like, no, no, I just don't oh want to be here. So it was a real weird time. James, do you that need was, a hug? Yeah. Okay. I'm hugging you right now with my mind. Thank you. I appreciate it. Speaking of mental exercises, it's time to play everyone's favorite mental exercise, the Rotten Tomatoes game. Ba -ba -boop -boop. Stinger. Yay! It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Boom da boom boom splat. The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system that assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a survey of how many people just liked it. 
I'm going to be asking our panelists for two scores, one score being the critical approval rating as well as the audience approval rating. And our panelists will have to guess what each score is without going under, kind of like reverse prices right rules. Uh, starting with Mr. James Fight, Mr. Tender himself, out of 61 critical reviews, what do you think the approval rating is for Showgirls directed by Paul Verhoeven? How many reviews? I totally blanked. 61? 61. Professional film critics reviewed this gem. Okay, so I'm going to say it was... I'm going to take a risk. I don't think people loved it as much as all of us. Sure. And I think the NC-17 rated uh, lowered it, so I'm going to guess a 43%. 43%, Mr. Yeah. Five. The fight yeah. coming in with 43%. Yeah. Perhaps the lioness uh, is on the prowl and looking for blood. What do you think? Can you give a guess? That would kill James. So I'm going to, there's, for me again, there's another score here that makes sense, but not because it's a, the good. most sensual number of the numeric system, but because I think that all of the, uh, <laughs> James, you already know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote down what oh, you're going to say. I feel like I feel like it does. I feel like some critics got like the points that we have been making throughout this episode, where like there's just such stark depictions of what the entertainment industry is like. And so I'm gonna say sixty nine percent. Sixty nine. Yeah. Um, that's not what I'm guessing, but I did write it down because heck yes. yes. You are my spirit animal. You are my spirit tiger goddess. Um, all right. I do I get to play this as well? I just yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I was like, uh, um, yeah. All right. I'm gonna go with this. Um, this movie cost forty million dollars to make. Yeah. Forty million smackers. That in is ninety-five. In ninety-five, it was um, one of that the is largest... roughly forty million dollar items from the value menu at Wendy's. That's a yeah. lot of movies. And it only made $37 million. Ooh. What was it the rest? Which, just so, to put that in perspective, that's only $37 million items from the oh, Wendy's dollar. Which is far Jeez. less Frosties. That's far yes. less. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I want Frosty so now. And so I'm actually going to go with that because that number seems like, I, I, as much as I personally love this, um, and since we you did a like 43, I feel like I don't want to like undershoot you by 5%, but I'm going to say 37%, hey. one percentage point for each million dollars that this thing brought home based on my totally random guess. <laughs> That's a good, I oh, like that Oh, it looks like strategy. your random guess. Looks like your random guess was right on the money. What? And by no. Right on the money. I mean, you were closest without going under. The correct answer is twenty-one percent. Oh, oh wow! So I was, I was super confident about this movie. Like way too. Confident. You thought the rest of our panelists it. far too optimistic <laughs> about this movie. I thought Lacey would go high, and I figured Olivia would also go high. So I was trying to get that low number in. It's fine. That's fine. I see. Uh, just, you, you just had to. You just had to commit to the how much the critics were gonna hate this. Yeah, I. You know, I played it too safe. You're right. You did. I did. That's okay. I've learned well, my lesson. Speaking of playing playing it safe, uh, James, perhaps it's time to start this playing this game unprotected. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, James? Yeah, what? I'm gonna raw after dog seeing, it. 
Okay, no, after, okay, the one thing, anybody that watches Showgirls, like, I feel like you could catch an STD just from watching. Mm. Oh, I've, yeah, <laughs> like Olivia said, she wanted to go to confessional afterwards. I just want to yes. take a shower. <laughs> a shower and, like, go to your primary and just get, like, yeah. a checkup. Yeah, just, just like, watch hey, some, just in case. Just yeah. watch some cute animal videos, too. Oh, like, yeah. you know, because that last scene with the, uh, with the Switchblade and, and Andrew Carver, I was like, oh, shit, like... <laughs> Um, once oh, Melanie decides to get revenge, she yeah. gets revenge. Yeah. yeah, she goes hard. Well, speaking of going hard, oh, uh, no. <laughs> yep. uh, let's uh, guess the audience approval rating out of 56,870 audience ratings. Uh, starting with Lacey herself, what do you think the audience approval rating is for okay. Showgirls, written by Joe Esterhaus and starring Razzie nominee, no, Razzie winner, Elizabeth Berkeley? Yeah, this is a this is an award winning yes. film. Paul Verhoeven went to the Golden Raspberry Awards and picked up the Razzie himself. All right, so this is based on just the people that on that said that they've now seen it and that they took the time to rate it on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, much like the rejection basket uh, at a Walgreens during Easter, it's just the peeps. Oh, hey, peeps I, are good. I like. Peeps. <laughs> I'm okay. No peeps are. <laughs> More peeps for Olivia. Yes. Yeah. That's that'll be my statement on that. I'm gonna go with if I'm if I'm gonna have to guess like out of out of the amount of friends that I've shown it to and the ones that have appreciated it, I would say that it would probably be seventy percent of my friends. So I'm gonna go 70%. I'm gonna go with the seventy percent approval rating because why not? I think I think uh that's what I'm going with. Yes. Uh, Lacey playing the game correctly because remember, there are no stakes. No one wins anything. You can just say any number. You shouldn't feel bad for losing because that's silly. But you do feel better for winning, I have to say. Yes, it's, it's yeah, a great it's, feeling. It's, and, then, and then if you win the double, I, didn't I win the triad one time? We had like three. You won the rare three P. Yeah, yes. the three P. Wow. It was, it was, was it the Fifty Shades one? I think it was the Fifty yeah, Shades one. Yeah. You're a ninja. Thank you. See, yeah, we, speaking we, of silent, but we support women on this pod. Sure. I love it. Speaking I of silent it. but deadly, uh, Olivia, uh, what do you think your guess is for uh, what's the movie? It's Showgirls. That's Showgirls. what we're talking about. Showgirls. Great. Thank you for the reminder. So I'm gonna I'm gonna not be as optimistic as Lacey. I I think that some people went into this film probably not realizing like the extent of NC17. They're probably like super offended. Uh, so I'm gonna go with 55. <laughs> percent 55 percent yeah, i like the prospect of an audience going into an nc-17 movie and then being super offended like going like well i never see but there's a difference between just like nc-17 gratuitous violence and and whatever showgirls is it's well, like nc-17 is real a, sex nc-17 <laughs> is a very In it's a, a very 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 rare rating that is busted yes. out and usually it's not because of ultra violence it's because of one man's content. one man's ding dong i i just watched a clockwork orange and correct me if i'm wrong but i think a clockwork orange is just r and that movie yes. is incredibly difficult to watch I, I dare say it's a lot more difficult to watch uh than, than i still need to watch it thank you i agree it, yes so there are some r-rated movies that i find more disturbing than the NC-17, as long as you can go into it and understand that you're going to see flailing titties. Uh, also, yeah, the, the, the mean, alternate yeah. episode <laughs> title to this. 
Hate <laughs> 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 and horniness and flailing titties. And boob bonanza. Uh, speaking of boot bonanza, Mr. Fight, <laughs> what do you think the approval rating is for Showgirls? I came up with this answer uh, as soon as you said the number. That's usually how people come up with answers. Yep. yep. I'm going to say 51%. 51? I think just barely ha- over half the people enjoy this film. Sure. Uh, James is coming in too cold. Uh, Lacey's coming in too hot. And Olivia it. says that it's just right. <gasps> yeah. Well, hold on. Let me finish. (laughs) Looks like this score is too cold, Mr. Fight. The approval rating for Showgirls is 37%. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Do my metaphors work every time? Yes. Yes, they do. As long as you believe in yourself, you can be anything. Absolutely. Uh, and Lacey, what you might know is that there's often a penalty that is incurred uh, for anyone for a specific rule that is violated. Uh, anyone that does not show up to the podcast recording due to prior engagements must pay thirty dollars to the charity of uh, the guest's choice. That's never gonna die. <laughs> never. Um, now I'm I'm here, James. You're here, Olivia. You're here, and I mean, Lacey, you're you're clearly here. Uh, I can't. Is there anyone else here that's not? Oh, our fourth hook. Host and editor, Aaron Slaynos. Oh, is Aaron not here? Aaron's yeah, not here. Aaron's not uh, here. I guess Aaron's going to have to pay uh, $30 to a charity of uh, Lacey's Choice. Lacey, what is a charity that you would I like to I hate this bit so much. <laughs> I think, what are you talking uh, about? This isn't a bit. These are the rules. Like, this is the consistent rule. I, feel like I told my friends if I like, will not understand this bit at all. No it's one not understands it. This is not a bit. It's I under- not a bit. We do this every week. This is what I understood is that I told my friends is if I nagged myself on this podcast, I would have to donate $30 to charity. So sure. I picked out a charity anyway. The charity I would like you guys to donate to is to the NCAA Legal Defense Fund. There's a lot of people out there that need some help with lawyers right now. And I would love for $30 to go towards helping some people that need some help. So just go on DuckDuckGo and look up NCAA Legal Defense Fund. DuckDuckGo is not a sponsor. End statement. I feel like we have to maybe remember the words of uh, Christelle Connors to like sure. sign us out. I think this is kind of important. I feel like this is like what I want to be remembered by, right? Sure, sure, sure. Is you know the best advice I ever got? You're there on stage hopping on a spot. And if someone gets in your way, step on them. If there's only one left standing there, they hire you. That's about it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Elvis has left the building. <laughs> nice. Lacey, just nice. stay on the pod forever. Yeah, just be our our fifth co-host. I will be your guys' fifth chair. I will take this. We need two Madisons on this pod. Family together. And also more ladies for Ed. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I also uh, need to quiz everyone on our Patreon rewards. So, uh, Lacey, I hope you did your homework because you're getting quizzed too because you're on the podcast. So, uh, Olivia, what's at the $10 level? Okay, the $10 level is basically you get all of the content from all of the lower tiers. But what makes this one stand out, y'all, are these amazing feet pics um, of our host's feet. So it's usually Aaron or James. And then a haiku written by Aaron or James. So, yeah, don't don't sleep on the $10 level, y'all. Yeah, it wasn't hastily mentioned when we were talking about the Patreon by one of our absentee co-hosts. Anyway, Kenny, uh, what's uh, Aaron suggested? 
randomly, and he made me put it in there. Anyway, Kenny, what's the $7 level? Well, the $7 level, at least according to patreon.com slash shamewatch, Lazy, uh, you could go to the remorseful level at $7 per month, where you can... Yeah. Where you can look at special behind-the-scenes content that you can't get anywhere else. Help contribute to pick our next uh, audio commentary. And get all the perks that you can find at both the $2 level and the $5 level. And again, I'm just seeing that at patreon.com slash shamewatch. Yeah. For anyone that casually at patreon.com slash shamewatch, where you can find our $5 level. Lacey, what's at the $5 level? Well, that's so funny that you should mention the $5 level because that was my personal favorite level, which you get everything in the previous levels, but you also get the yummy bits, Mm. the before show stuff, the stuff that I didn't even know we were filming. So I might've said something that I don't want you guys to hear. And you're going to have to pay $5 to find out what I said. And I'm going to have to pay $5 to find out what I said. It was shockingly racist. Just like the Showgirls 2 trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And at the $2 level, you get access to our commentaries and Shame Watch TV, and we say your name on the podcast, starting with Kenny Madison. Of Austin, Texas. Aaron O'Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Of Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. Of Leander, Texas. Bradley McPherson. Of Tulsa, okay. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Herc. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. From Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. Of San Antonio, Texas. Irene Suarez. Of San Antonio, Texas. Nolan Barger. Of Oklahoma City. Okay. Looks like it's pronounced Diane Davis. Of Austin, Texas. (laughs) And Abel. Oh, Abel. I don't know how to say the new boo's name, but Abel. (laughs) Acuna. Acuna. Of Austin, Texas. I'm going to stick with Abel. He's still learning. uh, James is still learning his Spanish, y'all. Acuna. 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 Uh, it's just like this. saying it's just like saying Nanya, James. But you take the nun and you put uh, the villain of Samurai Jack on there. Aku. Hey, I like Samurai Jack. Yeah, that's why I used that one specifically. So Thanks, you could buddy. say Acuna. He cares about you that. Hey, much. he does. Until next time, our watch has now ended. Hey, wait, 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 James, wait, wait. Everybody got pods and shit. Until next time, I almost, watch I almost now did that one. Dive at your own risk. What's the What's the one about? Come. <laughs> <laughs>